Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. So for this morning, I wanted to uh, just start off by reading the verse from the book of Hebrews as we continue our series uh, looking at uh, all of the faith initiatives and life-changing impact from uh, the people in the book of Hebrews. And then I wanted to talk about why this is probably one of the most important conversations we'll have in this series. So um, I'm going to put the verse up here. In Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 20 21, it says, By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worship as he leaned on his staff. And uh, there's a similar situations. In each situation, there's an older generation um, blessing the younger generation, and especially in respect to their future and to what's going to be coming down the line for them. And uh, with respect to Jacob, it was an act of worship for him. It was a, a, not just, hey, you know, I hope it all works out for you, but it was an act of worship to bless the next generation, and he wasn't even blessing his sons, he was blessing his son's sons, uh, so it was an act of worship for him. Now, uh, faith isn't something that we can pass down to the next generation. They don't inherit it like they inherit high color, eye color or hair color or, or, you know, bad attitudes or whatever they inherit from us, uh, but it's something that has to be taught. And even though they can't inherit it from us, we can teach to future generations, those things that are required to increase their faith and so that they can receive all the blessings that God has in store for them. Now, let me step back for a minute and share this, because today, uh, among our generation, uh, most of the nation, there's a lot of concerns. State of the nation, you know, especially with the political thing coming up, uh, economy, jobs, and all that kind of stuff, the environment, you know, is, is global warming, you know, how fast is it impacting, is it impacting, uh, all of that thing. For the younger generation, though, their concerns are a little bit different. They're concerned about jobs, you know, which kind of ties into the economy. They're concerned about where am I going to work, how am I going to pay bills. They're concerned about debt, not so much the national debt, but if they go to college to try to get a good job, you know, likelihood is, not scaring anyone out of college, but they're going to spend, they're going to walk out of college with a lot of debt before they even get a job. So they could walk out of college with 40, 50, 60, you know, six-figure debt before they even have a job. And, and that's a concern to them. And it's caused, uh, and I found this on the internet, so that means it's caused anxiety. In the, the young adults today have more anxiety and fear and stress-related health issues than the young adults in the previous generation and the generation before that and the one before that. Because there's more concerns. Now, if we, for us, as, I mean, as, as the body of Christ, um, all of this should concern us. Uh, but our, our main concern should be, uh, what are we leaving to the next generation? What are we leaving to them? We're, we're leaving them with a lot of debt. We're leaving them with an environment that's, that's hardly sustainable because we keep doing things to it. Uh, and what are we teaching them? And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of concerned. How are they going to survive? Because if they're starting off, and if you don't think about the next generation, just think about one or two generations removed from them. How in the world are they going to make it 
starting off with that, and I know you say, Floyd, you're, you're, you know, you're over-dramatizing this, but several nations are defaulting and have economic issues. Several nations are like uh, just in turmoil because of lack of jobs. And I don't know if anyone saw, I posted on um, uh, Facebook this, this thing about Finland, where they're offering like $165,000 packages because they need people. They don't have enough people for all the jobs they have. So they're, they're in a totally different place. But these should be of concerns to us. They should, they should make us like wonder, what are we going to do? And they're valid, and they need to be addressed. But from a Christian standpoint, from a God-honoring standpoint, for my kids and your kids and their kids, one of the main things that we should be worried about is are we equipping the next generation to know God and to receive his blessings in order to be a blessing to others? Are we teaching them that there is a God that loves them? Are we teaching them that God's word is true? Are we giving them the capability to succeed? Because here's the thing. A lot of us probably aren't as stressed. And a lot of people in the nation probably aren't as stressed about the job and the economy and, and global warming or whatever. It's a concern, but we're probably not losing sleep over it. One of the reasons I'm not, I can only speak for me, I can't speak for you. One of the reasons I'm not is because I know that's, that's, that's above my pay grade. That's, that's, that's God's deal. I can't fix, like, global warming. I mean, steps can be taken. I can't fix the economies of all these nations. I mean, steps can be taken. But there is a God who's sovereign over all and knows the affairs of men. And I can put my trust in him and say, all right, God, I'm going to bed because I know you're still up handling all this. This is your deal. If there's something I can do, let me know. And one of the things that we have to be able to do is to equip the next generation. Yeah, send them to school, uh, you know, give them good skills so they can get a job and so they're self-sufficient. But we have to equip them and prepare them and share with them that there is a God who loves them. Now, um, I want to go back and take a look at these two things we just read about. So if you have a Bible, open it up to the book of Genesis, chapter 27. We're going to look at first excuse me, uh, Isaac and Esau. And in Genesis chapter 27, in verse 27 is what we read. So he went to him and kissed him, and when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, now before, before I do that, let me, let me give you a little bit of background. Isaac um, had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And Esau uh, traded his birthright, which it was a tradition, that was an honored thing to be the firstborn for a bowl of soup. Came in from hunting, he was starving, and, you know, Jacob was cooking up some soup, and Esau was like, man, I'd love some of that stew or soup or whatever it was, and, and you know, Jacob was like, well, how much do you want it? How hungry are you? It was like an old version of Chopped, but he's like, how hungry are you? What, do you? what are you willing to do for it? And he said, I'll give you my birthright, anything. So he said, here's your stew. Now, when the time came for um, the blessing to be passed on for Isaac to bless Jacob and Esau, uh, Jacob went in and said, okay, uh, with the help of his mom, he said, I'm going to take that blessing of the firstborn as mine. And so he put on stuff that made him look and feel and smell like, you know, his brother. And he went in, and he went in, and Isaac kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field. 
that the Lord has blessed. And here's his blessing. May God give you of heaven's dew and of earth's richness an abundance of grain and new wine. That's God's provision. And may nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. And that is protection. His blessing was for God's provision and God's protection for the next generation. That God would bless you and that God would keep you. That you wouldn't be overrun by nations, that you would be protected. Now, the blessing that he gave to Esau in verse, 30, verse 38 Esau said to his father, once he found out, hey, that was my blessing, and he's like, wait, what about me? Esau said to his father, do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. And his father Isaac answered him, your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. And that, that's a, a, a reference, some people believe, to um, not just receiving food and dew from heaven, but a relationship with God, continually being in relationship with God. You will live by the sword, and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. Verse 41, Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Now, some, and, and, and a lot of people look at this and say, yeah, this is a, uh, a prophecy, a blessing, but a prophecy fulfilled in all the stuff that we see in the Middle East. And there was a time when Israel, under another nation, was, was the most powerful. And then it got conquered by the surrounding, uh, by Babylon. It got conquered by uh, uh, Syria. Um, I can't remember the, the other name, but uh, over and over. But then... There was this uprising, uh, I want to say in the 7800 AD, and I'm probably wrong, so don't quote me on this, where uh, Muslims overran the entire Middle East. They overthrew the Byzantine nation, and they ruled and dominated up through the Middle Ages. And of course, the Pope and the Christian response to that uh, was the, uh, the Crusades, where they went 25 years late as a response to that domination and tried to take back some of those territories. But again, uh, the blessing uh, was for um, provision and protection. Now turn to Genesis chapter 48. And this is what we read in Genesis chapter 48, verse 15. Then he, meaning Jacob, blessed Joseph and said, may the God before whom my, may the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys, he's referring to Joseph's sons, just like uh, Joseph's sons, just like we read in Hebrews, may he bless these boys and may they be called by my name, in other words, be like him and his uh, um, fathers, follow God. And the names of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly upon the earth. So his blessing wasn't just for protection and provision. It was that they would stay in a right relationship with God and that they would continue to follow him. Now, seeing that the next generation knows God is the only way to ensure they receive God's blessing. 
Now, here's, here's the problem that we have. Not everyone in our nation wants to see that the next generation receives God's blessings because not everyone in our nation believes in or follows the God that we serve. So it makes it our responsibility, our job, even harder to ensure that they do. Now, here's what Jesus said about it. In Mark chapter 10, uh, and some of you are familiar with this, people were bringing, this is the complete Jewish Bible version, and I'll tell you why I picked that version in a minute. People were bringing children to him, meaning Jesus, so that he might touch them. But the Talmudim rebuked those people. And that word Talmudim is a word that's used for someone, it's, we typically say disciples, but it's the Hebrew word for a disciple, a follower. It's someone who wants to, I want to learn from you, and then I want to emulate you because I want to be like you. And he rebuked those people. However, when Yeshua, that's Jesus, saw it, he became indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, from the, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So even though the disciples said, hey, move these kids out of the way, because sometimes we as Christians get it wrong. You don't have to say amen, but sometimes we get it wrong. We don't do what God has called us to do. We don't follow what God has called us to do, and we just mess it up. But Jesus stepped in and said, hey, don't hinder the next generation from coming to me. And then he continued, yes, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. And he took them in his arms, laid his hands on them, and made a baraka over them. In many of your Bibles, and like the NIV, it says he blessed them. But the word baraka is a more intense blessing. It's actually a, a Hebrew word which means that you're kneeling down, and even though you're blessing it, you're doing it as an act of worship. So just like we read in Hebrews where it was an act of worship uh, for Jacob, for Jesus, it was an act of worship to bless the next generation. So here's what Jesus said. Just like Jacob, Jesus blessed the next generation as an act of worship. And to equip the next generation, Jesus says, don't hinder them. And we need to go a step further and help them to know Jesus. Help them to know God. Do everything we can to make sure that they are in it. We can't force it on them. We can't make them know or love someone. I mean, God didn't do that to us. That's technically kidnapping. We're not trying to kidnap people, and we're not a cult. But we want to do everything we can so that the next generation knows that there is a God, knows he loves them, and that they can receive his blessings. Uh, but he also said that Jesus said, learn from them. And I get it. Uh, today, a lot of people are, are crazy about, you know, there's too much social media, uh, music's too loud, and this, that, and the other. But instead of criticizing what the next generation does, if we look at it, and learn from it so that we can better communicate with the next generation? Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that make more sense? Instead of, like, yelling at them for, you know, you're on your phone too much, uh, and, and I've had to learn this the hard way, you know? So for my kids who will not pick up a phone and call me, uh, and they're on Snapchat, and they're on all these other things, so I got on there, and I send snaps to them. Love you, thinking about you, whatever. Instead of just standing there and, you know, being angry that they don't connect with me the way I want, I want to come down and connect with them the way that they're connecting with other people. And the other thing that we can do is bless them so that they can be a blessing to others. Now, here's the challenge. I'm going to ask the band to come up. We're going to close out in song. Here's, here's the challenge that we have. Because we can talk about what we can do for the next generation, but we're not, we're not doing a lot, us, crossroads, is here for the next generation. 
And we've got, we've got a lot of work to do if we want to reach out to and equip the next generation. And I know, uh, I think Kevin finished the, the kitchen downstairs. Uh, so here's the, our, our step of faith, our challenge. If we truly believe that we need to equip the next generation, then we have to get some volunteers, finish the work in the basement, which literally consists of taking stuff off a table and putting it into shelves. We need to finish that. Uh, I met with the board and, 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 and told them that, that for me, I and I honestly believe this, that we can't continue without people overseeing uh, a children's ministry and an active children's ministry. So we're going to try to hire someone from that. We're working with that. And so I had to put my money where my mouth is and said, hey, I'll take money out of my salary to help fund this position because that's how important I believe it is. But if we do that, as John and several other people brought up, if they show up, if we hire someone who says, I'll do it, I'll help build your children's ministry, and then not a single other person says, well, I'll volunteer to help in the nursery, or I'll volunteer to help with this age group, then we're not going to be able to make it happen. And I know we look around and get a little discouraged because we're like, we don't have a lot of kids here. We have one child here. That child matters. And we need to minister to them. We need to bless them. We need to not hinder them. Not because I said so, because that's what Jesus said. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand, and we're just going to close out uh, with a prayer and a couple of songs to just celebrate and rejoice in um, God's blessings on us. God, we thank you so much that you looked at us, and while we were far away from you, your word says, while we were enemies of you, you still loved us, you still blessed us, and you sent your son to die for us. And our prayer is that we would look at the next generation and that we would do whatever it takes to not hinder them, to learn from them so that we can connect with them and to be a blessing to them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for our freedoms, and we pray that we would appreciate them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God amen. bless, and everyone have a happy Fourth of July weekend celebration.